0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning in again for another episode of the Uproar Podcast. This week, we're going to dig into what it really means to see a harvest in your life. Check it out.
1: We didn't start an uproar. We're just keeping it going. And ultimately, that's the call of every single quick Christian. Think about it like this. If I gave you $1 million for every single soul that you brought to Jesus Christ, for with every single person you shared the love and the truth of Jesus with, within the next hour, we'd probably all tell about 100 people. Or even think about it like this. If you knew Jesus was coming back this coming Sunday, you would tell at least 100 people. That he was coming and they needed to get right because you'd have an urgency in your heart. We already talked about urgency a few weeks ago. But I really believe that our motivations and our focus is wrong. We're still here on this earth as Christians, as believers in Christ, because we have a mission from heaven. And that's to share, to win, and disciple people who don't yet know him. It's wild to me in reading in Isaiah chapter five, verse 14, it says the mouth of Sheol or the mouth of hell has been enlarged. It's been widened to open and swallow more people. And that's absolutely heartbreaking. The heart here at Uproar is to win people. And we can do it through a conference. We can do it through our own ministry. But ultimately, we all need to take responsibility as individuals to win the harvest, to win souls, to win people that don't yet know Jesus, because the reward is even greater than money. It's an eternity they get to spend with Jesus.
0: Yeah, it's true. Just like we read in Mark 16, 15, it says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all creations. But people make this such a broad statement because they want to be able to put it off. They want to say, you know, well, when I get to that platform, then I'm really going to be effective, and I'm going to preach loud, and I'm going to tell everyone about Jesus once I reach that level, or when a door opens for me that I can gain access to a pulpit, then I'll be able to be effective and talk for Jesus. But really, it's you have to start where you're at. You're not going to get promoted in the kingdom until you're effective where he's placed you now. Anytime you look around at a secular job, just a normal, everyday 9 to 5, the only people that get promoted are the people who can consistently exceed the expectations for the job role that they have. But it's funny because when we flip it over to the kingdom, people want to surpass that all the time. They want to immediately be escalated to the largest pulpit there is. They want to be escalated to the largest platform there is. But you see, you can't sustain a platform that you haven't been conditioned for. The reason that you can't be promoted at your secular job without outdoing the job role is because if you were to take the janitor and would let him be a janitor for one week and then promote him to CEO of the company, he wouldn't have the knowledge, he wouldn't have the access, he wouldn't have the relationships to be able to be effective in the role of CEO. So it's the same thing in the church world. It's the same thing in your walk with Christ. You have to be effective where you're at right now before you're going to be promoted to be effective later on. And part of being effective where you're at right now is understanding the one solid truth that the only Bible that some people will see is your life. Paul paints a great picture of that when he's talking to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 11. He said, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. See, some people would call that sacrilegious. Some people would say, well, we're not to imitate man, but we're to imitate Jesus only. But some people don't have access to seeing what that's all about, and that's really what Jesus has left us here to do. He has left us here to be representatives of his life and his kingdom. And you see, Paul was talking to probably the most immature group of Christians there was when he was talking to the church at Corinth. So he knew that it wasn't that they were devoted and they were diving into their studies and they were fasting and they were seeking God, but they needed an example So he said, I'm willing to set the bar as that example. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Sometimes it's not as easy as just telling someone who gets saved, now follow Jesus, and then leaving them alone to fend for themselves. It's not always going to be the dramatic, immediate conversion. But in order to see a true harvest in someone's life that you've been seeding into, you have to be able to set the example for them of what that actually looks like walked out.
1: It's true, but on the flip side... I know a lot of people that have no interest in a pulpit and they just want to live life. But ultimately, we're not called just to live a life. We're not called just to go through motions like everybody else. We're called to do something for Jesus. All of our gifts, all of our talents, all of our abilities – to win souls is to bring attention and to bring glory to Jesus and that's what it's about so many times we get so mixed up in the other things or we get mixed up in our fear we get mixed up when in reality if we could just focus on what's important to Jesus and that was people man Jesus left heaven to come to earth because he loves people and our heart needs to match that our heart has to be moved with with compassion that's what moved Jesus's heart the, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion when he saw that they were lost. And that's the deal. Many of us don't have compassion. We have fear. We need to have compassion, far outweigh our fear, to share the truth and the love of Jesus with the people that we've been called to reach.
0: Second Peter 1.5 shows us one very sobering truth. It takes more than just faith to be effective in the kingdom of God. It says, For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfast, steadfast with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. You see, that's where it all stems from today. That's where this whole walk has to begin. If you want to have an effective and fruitful walk, you have to stem from love. You will not share the gospel with someone you don't know if you don't truly have a love for people. There's millions of people out there walking around this world right now that will never get the opportunity to meet God as a loving father, but they will stand before him one day as a righteous judge. And the difference between how they get to meet him is the level of love that you're willing to show them in your daily life. Those people that you walk by that you can just see just by their demeanor and how they carry themselves that they're just they're depressed, they're beat down. They they seem like they can never get a victory in anything. Will you take the time to share Jesus with those people, to show them that you do have the one true answer, the one true way to never-ending victory? Or are you just going to do what most people will do and just keep on walking by and carrying your own life and saying, well, as long as I live right and I make it to heaven, that's all that matters. But you see, we've we've been called to more than that. We're called to more than just making it to heaven. If we were only supposed to go to heaven as soon as we get saved, we would drop dead right there. But I believe that we've got a generation of people coming up underneath of us that don't care what people think. They don't care what it looks like to the outside world, but they truly care about seeing their friends saved, set free, and set on the path to heaven.
1: And to continue that, so many times we try to play God by determining who would who would receive the message. Do you think that it, to the common man, and right after Jesus had been crucified, that Paul would have been one they thought would be saved? No, never. But oftentimes, we try to play God by determining, well, they'd never accept Jesus. They'd never live for Jesus. We don't have that right. We don't have that ability. Our call is to share the love of Jesus with every single person, to share the truth of Jesus with every single person, not just the ones we're close with, not just the ones we like, but even the ones that are, quote unquote, the worst, Uh, Like If you could hear some testimonies of people, you could recognize that it's often the worst. Because what I found is the worst, quote-unquote, are just those who are looking the hardest. Every single sinner is looking for truth. They're looking for satisfaction. They're looking for love. And you have that truth, love, and satisfaction inside of Jesus that they're searching for. I want to challenge you to be the one. To share that truth be the one to show the love be the one to introduce them to Jesus Don't just look at them and judge them But I challenge you to give them what they're looking for and his name is Jesus and his truth equals eternity stop trying to play God create an uproar by Individually taking ownership of the fact that we're called to bring a harvest We're called to win souls and that when we do so God's kingdom will grow and flourish, but it's in our hands and we need to step up and bring salvation to this generation. I want to
0: thank you guys for tuning in with us again today for another episode. Just take a minute, if you don't mind, and go ahead and rate the podcast, share it on your social media platform, and we want to invite you out to be with us at the Uproar Conference 2018 at Elmira First Arena, July 26th through the 28th. Don't miss out.